that's my secret cat. I'm always angry. <laughs> Run out of patience. On the roof! Hey everyone, Cap Captain, big fan, Spider-Man. Avengers! Assemble. Hello, Peter. Hello and welcome to the Infinity Saga and Beyond, an MCU fan podcast. My name is Jordan. We'll be talking the Marvels, and with me is Ron. How are you, Ron? I'm doing good. Um, I feel like I have to point him out because I've been trying to, to make this the focal point of my video stream since I started, but it's not working. I put the light in front of him, I put the light behind him, it doesn't work. <laughs> Richard Ryder Nova is over my shoulder here. Uh, and uh, we are ready to talk some the Marvels with all y'all today. And we have Chris. How are you, take Chris? Yeah, uh, just saw the movie today. Kind of excited to talk about it because it's really fun. Don't use that word. Uh, we are here. <laughs> <laughs> we are here talking the Marvels, which came out uh, this week ago. About well. Uh, this past weekend, um, November 10th, uh, 2023 is the official release date, but November 9th is when uh, I saw it. And uh, yeah, so we're, we'll dive in and talking the Marvels, which was directed by Nia DaCosta, written by Nia DaCosta, Megan McDonald, and Alyssa Karasik, and uh, stars Brie Larson, Tiana Paris, Iman Vellani, and Zawe Ashton. So uh, yeah. And of course, Samuel L. Jackson. Let me make sure I say Samuel L. Jackson in there too. Uh, I don't. I, I don't really have a way I want it to talk about this. I guess so. We can just kind of go around. We'll start with Ron, go Chris, then me on just general thoughts when you walked out of the theater or when the credits hit. On your thought on this uh, divisive movie. Yeah, my my thought is that it shouldn't really be a divisive movie. Um, I think we're just kind of in a very weird, interesting time with Marvel right now uh, where things are very much under the magnifying glass uh, to a much larger extent than they've been in the past. Um, I think if people were looking at this from an objective standpoint, I think that they would like if, if the Marvels was released in phase three, I think people would have been walking away from it being like, Oh, this was great. This was a fun time. This was a good, like little palate cleanser almost in the same way that Ant-Man was. But we are at this point right now, and uh, I don't want to seem like a hypocrite because I've been guilty too of being very critical of Marvel at this time. Um, but I just, I enjoy the hell out of it. I, I, I had a bunch of fun. Uh, the 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 post-credit or the mid-credit, whatever you want to call it, uh, was, was awesome. <laughs> um, the final scene of the movie with Iman and uh, Kate Bishop, I think was probably originally supposed to be in a post-credit. They, they've edited a lot and they've switched a lot around in this movie. That was very apparent, especially in the third act. But uh, all in all, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I had a great time at the movies. Um, I, I my, my expectations were exceeded. And in a movie that was made 
through every possible like hardship that you can imagine. It be- it began production two weeks before the pandemic. We had the strikes. We had go down the list of everything that this movie dealt with. Uh, they still managed to uh, give us a hell of a time, and I-, I was satisfied. All right, Chris. Yeah, you. Yeah, you just got out of the theater. Tell me your thoughts. I feel very much the same way. I ex- expectations exceeded is exactly what I would say. I thought that this movie was going to be a little bit like Quantum Mania, where there was going to be things I liked about it, but I left the theater going, I don't know how I felt about that. But when I left the theater, I was jazzed. I was on a marble high. I thought it was a lot of fun. The action was really inventive, creative, fun. Them switching places was, and Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel was so fun. You rooted for her so hard. It was like you, because she got her moment with her hero and she got to geek out. And then she's like becoming a hero alongside her idol. So much fun. So you rooted for her so hard and she, and Dude, Goose the cat. I got a dog named Goose. So when they're like, Goose, no, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Can I cut in really quick, Chris? Oh, because to your, to, your, to your point about uh, Iman Milani. So when I was watching through the Marvels for the first time, uh, when it came out last year, uh, it was last year, right? You mean Miss Marvel? Last, yes. Miss Marvel. Last year. Yes. Yeah. Miss Marvel. You yes. said the and Marvels. The last... I was like, oh my God, have you seen this movie like more than once? <laughs> already uh when i was watching through miss marvel for the first time like there was a lot of um like oh it feels like this wasn't really made for me sort of thing which was okay i wasn't sitting here being like what the f you know over here just crapping on it on any every opportunity that i had but it felt a lot at times like it was a project made for the younger crowd, which is okay. Obviously that's what superheroes are for at the end of the day. But since then I have grown to appreciate her as Miss Marvel so much more like the combination of the season finale of Miss Marvel. And then this movie it's, it's not like so much has changed. Like she's still that like fangirl, like, Oh my God. I'm a Marvel superhero. This is like actually happening right now, but it's almost shifted to the point where it's like, and I think I mentioned this in our private chat the other day. She's like that, that little naggy cousin, you know what I mean? Which I don't say disparagingly, not in the annoying sense, but she's like, or I shouldn't say naggy. Naggy is a bad way to put it, but like that eccentric little cousin, you know what I mean? That you're like in any other circumstance, if I didn't know you, it would be like, Oh geez, here we go. But you're like our cousin, you know what I mean? So it's like it just it feels like it plays so much better over like my initial like my initial interpretation of Miss Marvel in the MCU compared to now. It has changed night and day, and I think she's awesome. I say yeah, I say all that to say she's awesome. Yeah, I agree. She's she's great, and what I love about her is that you kind of start to root for her. You start to feel what she's feeling almost she's just charismatic she kind of brings you to the point that like let's be honest we watch these movies because we we just we like to gush over all the superhero goodness and that get lost in the world and when she's like so excited about the superpowers it brings out the fan in you like it brings out the kid in you 
it's the like spirit. you're the proxy for her in the movie. Absolutely. And so I just the number one thing about this movie is I just found myself rooting for Miss Marvel the whole way through because I just I was like I felt like a kid again. I love that feeling. Yeah, she um she was the highlight of the movie for me. Uh she is I, I really enjoyed Miss Marvel when it first came out. Uh, people can go back and listen to my recaps of that on here. Um, Cheap plug. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I I enjoyed it, especially like the first half, right? Like where it was very like her just in school, um, dealing with her family and relationship type stuff. It uh, the villains are very not as good in that. Like if if people want to say that this is a weak villain, like the the Marvel uh, Miss Marvel had a weaker villain, but I was I was not one that came out like too harsh against that either. I just enjoyed um a lot of the character moments in, in that show, and I was very excited to see her again show up in this. I've been reading the Miss Marvel um mutant uh book that's out now, the new mutant uh my reviews for that are on the blog another cheap plug <laughs> um she, where she wrote it Amon Vellani is one of the writers one of the two writers in this comic book which uh, wraps up with issue 4 i think later this month so um oh it's that oh okay so yeah it's a uh, limited i was going to say a couple things there one uh didn't know that it was that short of a run but that makes me much more inclined uh to pick it up than I was, even though I was, we had mm -hmm. talked about this off, like it was one of those that I had just, I had been meaning to hop on, but I hadn't yet. Um, but that announcement, once we heard that she was like directly involved in the writing of that and all that stuff, that was another thing that really like began the turn for me at least, because it was, it, it showed me that, the the whole like nerdy fangirl thing for Miss Marvel was actually genuine. That's how Iman Vellani is in real life. Like she really cares about this stuff in the same way that her character does. Uh, she got into it with Feige about him naming the universe the six sixteen in the MCU because she said it's one nine 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 nine, not six one six. So she's a hardcore fan enough to know that. Um, mm. But yeah, she's a co writer on this. I don't know like but how much she actually writes right like that that's the thing about like co-writers and stuff with it because uh, she's also a movie actress you know so i don't know how much time she has um but it's like when they throw executive producer on like 18 people yes. on a movie yeah yeah but with this it's like there's times i'm reading it and i can hear her saying it and i'm like that's probably her like that's probably her writing this here <laughs> you know mm -hmm. um so Miss Marvel has been a great addition to the MCU. And I've been wondering, you know, uh, one thing I've been clamoring for in the MCU phase four and five right now are these inner team dynamics, right? Uh, we've brought it up so many times about maybe why these characters are not landing as much right now. And part of it is because we have probably like 20 new characters and none of them have really interacted. So you get a movie like this where we get, uh, not just Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel interacting, but we also get um, uh, Monica interacting, who was from WandaVision, but she also is, of course, tied with uh, Captain Marvel from when she was a kid. But we get three people that are uh, been around for a little bit now, 
Um, WandaVision was what, 2021? Uh, Miss Marvel was last summer, 2022. And then uh, Captain Marvel's been around since 2019. So we're finally starting to see these characters interacting. And these are... Uh, that was the highlight of the movie for me. Like like we said, Miss Marvel fangirling. And then you have the relationship strife between Monica and, and Carol. Why does Monica feel abandoned? That kind of stuff. So it really worked for this movie and why I can kind of overlook a villain that people have said is maybe the weakest. But for me, not the weakest. I, I mean, look, I'm going to briefly mention this. We'll probably talk about it later. The cinema score being a B. I think part of that is, uh, is I don't want to say fatigue, but I think part of it is after the highs of Endgame, people are reevaluating when they're walking out of the theater. They're expecting more Endgame level stuff. And that's why you get mm-hmm. like No Way Home getting an A plus because it was huge. And it but this movie service. wasn't about a villain. It was about the heroes. Right, that's, right. That's, but that's, I'm saying that's the whole like, thing. yeah, Dark World gets an A minus with a worse villain and it's the worst yeah. MCU movie. The, the days of like phase one and two movies getting a pass is over. Mm-hmm. And I still think this movie is better than some of those. I think this movie, I know this could be recency bias, but I have this above quantum mania. I have it above multiverse of madness. I have it. Um, I, I have it as the second best MCU movie of the year. Right, that's where I have it. I have it better than Thor: Love and Thunder. I like this is a movie that really hit for me because of the dynamics of the characters. Um, the villain, all I need from a villain is a clear motive, which she had. Uh, I think she had a good screen presence, and it made sense. Like what she was doing made sense. Um, doesn't mean I have to agree with it, but just a clear mm-hmm. motive. Good acting. Yeah. There you go. That's all I need from the villain because at the end of the day, we're here for the heroes. We're here for the, you know, this isn't Joker. This isn't the Dark Knight where we're all turning in for Heath Ledger. It is the Marvels, you know, where they're just, we want to see them, you know, not, uh, I, I I mean, the bad thing is I don't really remember her name. Ben Dar, right? Is that what it was? Dar Ben. Dar Ben. See, I flipped it around. Ben Dar. Ben Dar. Yeah. No. But so, no, you're right, Jordan. And I'll even I'll even like take it a step further. I think she had one of the better, I'm not gonna say like top five or anything like that. She had one of the better motivations of any of the MCU villains that I think. Like in her mind, and we see it in the flashback in the movie of like Carol destroying the Cree Supreme Intelligence and all this stuff, like in her mind, Carol is responsible for the desecration of basically all of her people and them being sequestered away on this this disgusting planet with no atmosphere and all this stuff. Like they show you very clearly why she's at the very least a little bit sympathetic. Only thing that only gripe that I would agree with with people is that she didn't have a lot of screen time. But like when she was out there, she was killing it. She was great with the acting. Again, the motivation was great. So like, I don't really see what people were so pissed about. Like it was, it was very kind of like chalk MCU villain in some ways, but I don't think, (laughs) I don't think we should be sitting here talking about all time worse by any means. Again, when Thor, the dark world exists and like 
all yeah, these like, uh, yeah, yeah, Malekith. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Iron uh, the 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 second and third Iron Man movie, which I may catch some flack for that, but I didn't think there any of the villains in those movies were good either. Yeah, Whiplash. Like, just, yeah, yeah, uh, Whiplash. Yeah, no, no this is yeah, better than Whiplash. This this villain had a clear purpose, had a story purpose. that made sense. One of the things I've seen reviews for this movie is that the plot was a mess. I don't think the plot was a mess. I think the plot was incredibly straightforward. I think yeah, quite really so. simple. I think this movie really could have been more complicated if they wanted to make it more. I think there's more movie here than we got. I think there's stuff on the cutting room floor. I'd be very interested to see a director's cut. Not saying a hashtag. Uh-oh, like hashtag. A, no, I'm not saying that, but... Uh, release the DaCosta cut. <laughs> I, <laughs> but I think there's more here. And when I look at that runtime, I think we could have had a little bit more Monica and Carol background. We could have had a little bit more from the villains. I mean, they called her the Annihilator, and she felt guilty about that. But I feel like that her guilt for that got a little shortchanged in the movie. I don't think the plot was messy. I think it was actually too simplistic. Um, but it didn't matter because it was about the characters. It was about the heroes. It was about the moments. It's about the moment on the ship where they're jumping rope and figuring out how to how they switch their powers and about the bangle and how, uh, you know, you can't let the villain get the second bangle, but you got to put the bangle in harm's way to uh, save the day. So, I mean, we, we, the sun almost got stolen. Um, we got water stolen from a, a, from a planet. Like the stakes were pretty big. It's not Thanos, but guys, I think this movie gave you a little bit more than it's getting credit for, especially because the heroes stole the show every chance they got. And you know what's funny? Not to, I know you're about to go there, Jordan, but at the end of the day, she should have won. The only reason that she lost was because, like, the power was too much and it essentially exploded her. But, like, despite what everyone wants to say about, oh, she didn't have enough screen time, this, that, like, her, like, her character, like, did what most MCU villains don't do. Like, did everything they had to do to succeed except execute, like, the last step. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so, so... I don't, I don't really understand what people's big complaints are about the villain, but you know, to each their own, I guess. And when she double crossed uh, Captain Marvel, she double crossed Captain Marvel. That was a pretty good villain moment because Captain Marvel's like, "Hey, let, let me just repower the sun. We'll, we'll take care of you. Everything will be okay." It was almost like uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, where it's like, "You won. Let's just like get this mm-hmm. on with," you know. And but I, I think that was a great villain moment. Like I don't understand why that's getting short played or under underappreciated. I think that was a great villain moment. There were some good moments in this with the villain, and I love the planet where they have to sing all their all their language. That is great. I would love to live there. I would not love to live there. I can't carry a tune to save my life, but <laughs> I do try. Uh, you can check out some of my parody videos online somewhere if you can find them. But anyway, um the the um the length of the movie and stuff i i would kind of disagree that i think there's that much more there from what i've heard a lot of it is that singing planet and i'm assuming they cut it cuz of 
people not really digging it, honestly. Um, I know some people I that I know some people that are like, as soon as Chris something, is an opera singer, so something like, that becomes to, you got to know the room. Something that becomes like uh, a musical. A lot of people are not into that kind of stuff. Um, I love musicals, so it's not a big deal for me. But um, that's you know that that can be a little that I mean that 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 planet. I didn't actually have too much to go on because it, that planet is very short lived in this thing, and that's where I think you can tell there was cuts. But for me, act, exactly what I said. For me, it's all. I good love when cut, the prince was bilingual. Honestly. And he could just talk. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. Where they don't have to. Uh, he doesn't have to sing because he knows English too, or something. Um, you know the you know the vibes that I got from this movie, and I don't know if you guys will agree, but I had the same vibes leaving the theater for Shazam two. Like I enjoyed it way more than most people. Uh, obviously, it did not perform at the box office like this movie is also going to. But I had a great time. I didn't agree with any of the criticisms of it. And it was just fun, which is what these movies are supposed to be at the end of the day. And an emotional third act that kicked your butt. Sneakily. Yes, yes, very much so. Very much the same feeling. I agree with that entirely. I I put it... I put it definitely... Uh higher than what i would shazam look and i was a fan of that movie so i shared this on my loki recap i'll just share it again here since you guys are here but my letterbox if people are interested follow me on letterbox um i i always rank what movies i've seen in the in the theater and i put it on letterbox in order um of what i like so number one this year, I have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I have Across the Spider-Verse in the two spot. I have Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part three in the third, uh, Part 1 in the third spot. I have The Marvels in the fourth spot. Then I have Indy, uh, Dial of Destiny, Quantumania, The Flash, Blue Beetle, and Shazam, Shazam Fury of the Gods. Now, I want to say... If you put I did... The Flash higher, my list is about the same. I did like all of those movies, but I just, that's my, um, that's my, so I'm really high on the Marvels. And again, that could be recency bias, but it is, um, the more I keep thinking about it, you know, the, the more I like it. And I just like, I can't wait to watch it again. Uh, unfortunately, I think that's going to be on home video and not in the theater again. But, um, this, this movie, like, I would not put anything back in it. I think the hour 45 actually works in its favor. I, I know some people think it works in the detriment, but the way that that movie flies by, I there's no like down part, you know, like it's all really like it gets right into it. Uh, it really feels like all of their movie, you know, I, I was kind of thinking it would be more like a Captain Marvel movie since it is the sequel with those two playing side characters, but we kind of get, you know, we get Miss Marvel's whole cast, you know, we get the, mm -hmm. the dad, the brother, the mom, and they, they kill it. Uh, you know, controversy aside for the father right now. Um, <laughs> but her, her family is so, I still don't even know how to feel about that because I don't know like what the updates are with that dude. But like, just <laughs> taking them objectively, like yeah. yes, that is exactly how you should incorporate 
the Disney Plus characters into your show. Like, yep. the family was awesome. They were just involved enough in the fight to make it, like, interesting and a little funny. Like, and all of that character switching stuff, like Chris said in, in the beginning, was incredible. Especially mm-hmm. in that first fight, when they were not only switching spots, but switching literal locations. That was awesome. Yes. Yeah. And then, like, what? Miss Marvel hands, uh, like, takes a gun and throws it to Fury for him to use at one point. And then, <laughs> you know, then she's out of there and it's back into Monica being in that little elevator. Where was that elevator in Secret Invasion, by the way? He was able to just beam down. And in this, he's know. like, I, I got to take the tube. <laughs> one thing we do have to say, um, and I think it was probably deliberate because these reshoots were for the Marvels were after secret invasion. As far as I know, uh, they very much went out of their way to ignore all of the events of secret invasion in this movie, in terms of tone, in terms of literal, like they don't mention it at all outside of like a little bit in the beginning, there's some, some scrawl stuff and like maybe a throwaway mention about how things aren't so great for them on earth right now, but they've, it very much like, you did not need to see a lick of Secret Invasion to see this movie. It, that's how this should be, honestly. And I don't mean I just for Secret Invasion. I mean, this is how you should do it. They knew at the end of Secret Invasion, Fury needed to go back up there because that's where he is for the Marvels. Do we need to see Fury's wife come in the room? No, we don't. Because that's going to confuse people even more. Act like... Th- th- people can't have it both ways. I'm sorry, they can't. There's this complaint that... It feels like homework, everything. I I need to watch everything. But then if they skip something or don't acknowledge it, why was it during acknowledgement? Oh, what the hell? Yeah. Right. yeah. You can't yeah. have it both ways. I have background yep. on what Fury just went through, and that's all I need. But for people that are just walking in, they don't have to have watched six episodes of Secret Invasion to understand what's going on. And that's the way it should be. You didn't have to watch Miss Marvel. That end credit tease for Miss Marvel is a scene from this movie. The uh, the parents are still introduced. Uh, you get enough of a vibe of her. They tell you she's a fangirl who has powers and she saves Jersey City. That's all you need. Hopefully it gets you to go check that out. But And some will say hopefully it makes you not check out Secret Invasion. But... Uh, I I did enjoy that show for what it's worth. I think I, I know I'm in the very minority on that, but um, it's two of the six episodes were really cool. It starts off very well, um, but it starts off really well in the episode where um, uh, oh god, what's his face? Uh, ben Mendelsohn. Yes. Dies. Yeah. Uh, those those episodes were really good. Besides from that, just bleh. anyway, we won't. Yeah. We won't react that. <laughs> so I don't think you needed to do any homework. I don't even think you needed to watch Captain Marvel. I mean, I revisited Miss Marvel, the last two episodes of Miss Marvel, the weekend before I saw this, and it didn't make a difference for me. Like, it didn't hurt, but didn't make a difference in the movie. Like, if I had not revisited those two episodes, I wouldn't have had any difference seeing this movie. I think this movie did a really good job of telling the story inside the movie. I think it's basically very much like Guardians of the Galaxy told their story through their story. They did the same kind of concept. I think the storytelling in this was great. 
I was really was emotionally invested in the characters, and that's what you want. You don't even need to see WandaVision, honestly. They tell you how Monica gets her powers. Again, that is a thing that, if you've seen WandaVision, it hits differently for you than if, you know, if you ha- it than if you haven't seen WandaVision. But again, this is the way. This is what I always try to point out to people that say Disney streaming is making it not as accessible. Because for me, I can point to this movie and say, uh, you didn't need to see Secret Invasion at all. Uh, people might say it's a stretch for me to say you didn't need to see Miss Marvel, but I, I, again, I think they introduce everything well there. WandaVision, they introduce Monica well enough. They make sure you know that it is the young girl from the first movie. Like, that is that is everything that you need to know going into this movie. So anytime somebody says there's too many projects and that they're not sure what connects with what, I, I just think... Look, there's people that have watched Endgame and Infinity War that had not seen anything else before that because uh, they they just went to go see the movie because it was the big hit, you know, for Infinity War. And they understood. They just understood the characters and stuff from context clues. So I don't know why everybody acts like the streaming shows interfere with that because, again, this was very streamlined. Hour 45. It's good. Now, I, I think one of the issues that might be hindering it other than just kind of, I think there's a few things, right? People are not going to as theater to theaters as much. People can say superhero or MCU fatigue as much as they want. It's franchise fatigue. If if you want to really brand it anything, all these big franchises that have not hit the marks that they were supposed to hit because of either reviews that are just deemed okay, or people say. I'm not going to go to the movies. Um, my parents, like I said, they, they usually go, they used to go to the movies to see these. Now they just wait until Disney plus. And during COVID we had WB put everything right on HBO max at the same time. We had uh, Disney put stuff on within like, you know, 60 days, not even a long time. Before, it used to go to, like, uh, Sony. Think of a Sony movie. Sony movies do this. They go from theaters to stars, right? Nobody has stars. I'm sorry. They don't. And then from stars to Netflix. And by the time they reach Netflix, it's like two years after <laughs> after the movie was in theaters. And at that point, uh, that's, that's when people were expecting to see Sony-type movies. When you train people to see WB movies and Disney movies so much faster, they learn to stay home where they can pause it, where they can go to the bathroom whenever they want without missing anything, where a movie doesn't cost $15 a ticket. If we're trying to reach families and it's $15 a ticket and they hear reviews that are just deemed okay, they're not going. Now, they'll show up for Oppenheimer, they'll show up for Barbie that are deemed, like, amazing because they're like, that's worth my $15. Oscar-worthy films. If I'm taking four people... You're also probably not taking the whole family to Oppenheimer. Right, right. But I'm saying, let's say you take all four of your family to Barbie. That's $15 tickets, you're looking at $60 just in tickets 
before snacks, which is another and then snacks, <laughs> which is another hundred bucks for the whole family. And then that's why people are, and then not even going into the economy today too. So while there is an issue, I think it's not just a Marvel issue. Uh, it is pretty big franchises that are struggling right now. Um, and that's something that they're going to have to reckon with. And what they're going to have to do is get budgets in check. That is the number one object going forward. That's why you see blade have under a hundred million. Cause they say, eh, we got to release this without it bombing. Right? So if it gets a little bit of return, then it's still profitable. We're still, you know, doing a great job. Well, I think, yeah. I think oh, no, the, you I think the COVID showed us that people really, <clears throat> excuse me, people really want this on streaming. They want to watch this at home. I think what the idea of the movie is dying, the, the theater's dying, was a great idea for a lot of people. I know, for example, my brother would freaking love it. I would tell you this, though, that it's streaming is just not profitable enough. If streaming was profitable enough, you'd see the transition happen, but it's just not there. So if the companies can't recoup their money, the streaming the way they thought they would, theatrical is never going to die. You have to make it work. Yeah. And I think that there's probably even some kind of like medium in there. Um, like, again, I don't know if we'll ever see this because it would, it would, require the studios to kind of concede and cave a little bit but maybe we do get a system where it's yeah you can go still to the movies if you want you could also pay for it at home on release day but it's going to be 25 bucks you know what i mean 30 mm -hmm. bucks um i don't know if we'll ever get that i again i doubt it because it would probably be the full-on beginning of the end of the movie industry but uh I'm going to the movies until I can't anymore. I'll tell you that much. And yeah, I know yeah. that there's enough people out there who love that experience, who love, you know, walking in and smelling the popcorn and filling up your big cup of icy and all that stuff to where I don't think the movies will ever die. Even if you were to kind of start things in that model of the, okay, let's release it for 25, 30 bucks because those people aren't going to go to the movies to see it anyway. So you may as well at least get a chance to recoup a little bit of additional profit. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm crazy on that, but that seems like a decent model to me. Well, as somebody I love Disney never worked in the industry. Well, yeah, the theater yeah. won't. The, the theater people won't allow it, and and that's yeah. where it all. Um, you know, we're we're talking maybe even a decade from now, if maybe right, like um if that was to happen because it was close to happening with covid and then the theaters were throwing fits and uh they had to kind of reverse course on that um all right so uh i i kind of want to talk about this uh mid credit scene uh well first before the mid credit scene let's talk to kate bishop scene okay yes this is one of my favorite uh scenes not because of kate but because i love kamala here doing her nick fury in impersonation of the it was pretty good uh you know i'm putting together a team and uh she's using lines that he said to stark and you know iron man with a little bit of a different spin on them and i thought that was just 
I bet she had so much fun, you know, acting that out. But uh, yeah, I love it. This, when she this says, was really fun. I love it when she says, "You're not the only kid hero." She's like, "I'm 23," and it was funny. Like, <laughs> I, I just like, I love, like, my perspective of that has changed so much as I get older, and I just find it hilarious. And she she's like, "I'm 23. I'm not a kid." Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> Um, Kate Bishop and Kamala Khan, what a combination! That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, put together that team. I'm I'm here for. It was also, I feel like, kind of a tongue in cheek nod to the fact that like Kate Bishop is like, not Kate Bishop, but Haley Steinfeld's even probably a little older than that. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, yeah, we're young Avengers, but like we're all like 25 to 30, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> except for like Iman's younger. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's they're very clearly setting up Young Avengers. It's cool. Uh, our guy Alex from Cosmic Circus uh, kind of debunked the theory of this potentially being Marvel Champions, which kind of bums me out a little bit because I thought this might be our intro to Sam Alexander Nova. But I guess I'll have to just keep waiting on Nova until so I die. What did apparently. he? What did he say though? Because I I, I could see. There was no way in hell they were naming them the champions. And the reason I say that is because, it, especially now, after the box offices, they're going to need to name them Young Avengers to get people in seats. So I could see maybe them even putting, eventually, you know, uh, Ale- Sam Alexander as a Young Avenger. But, uh, so, you know, they could take the champions team and make them called Young Avengers. I just don't think they're ever going to call them uh, the champions. Thank God. Yeah, that could definitely be, and I hope so. But it just, it seems to me like they have so many kid characters set up right now already that I don't think we'll be getting him. You know, we've got, obviously, Kate, um, uh, Ant-Man's daughter, uh, Iman. We've got Isaiah Bradley from uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, supposedly, and again, who knows, but it seems pretty confirmed at this point that we're getting Wiccan and speed in the whole vision quest or maybe uh, the Agatha show. So it it seems like that lineup is filling up pretty quick and it just, again, the Nova thing is a personal one for me. You guys know how much I love him. So it's, it's more just a personal gripe. I'm sure it'll still be great anyway, but God damn, like how do we not have the human rocket and anything at this point? (laughs) What are we doing here? Yeah, I think Nova would be really cool. It's just, I, I wonder now if they even... How did they get... not include him in Guardians 3, man? Like, that would have been the mm. perfect time when you're doing this new... I won't get into it, but God... Yeah, yeah maybe we'll they had there, planned. We'll uh, get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. As long, I just hope I'm alive for it, guys, honestly. I could be 80. I don't care. As long as I'm alive to see... Richard Ryder and Sam Alexander flying together through space. He's he's getting a slushy and he's like can't move his walker with the tennis balls. He's like, yeah. I'm gonna get there. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. get there. I love <laughs> the young people. Hello, <laughs> 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 boy. Okay, Herbert. Uh, uh, <laughs> but can you just imagine? in the basement. <laughs> Uh, going on about, uh, yeah. So young Avengers, we're, we're hearing that this might be a movie, not a TV show. I think that's the way to go about it too. You're going to, you're going to want it to be 
on the big screen, I just wonder where they even fit this in at with the current slate. It seems like everything. We, originally, we were supposed to get Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars in 2025. <laughs> that has been over shifted, Kang Dynasty shifted, period right now. Shifted, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the latest rumor. Doctor Doom, baby. I don't want them to rush Doom though. I, I just we don't, don't even have Fantastic Four yet. We don't even have Fantastic Four yet. I don't think you're going to the King Dynasty route. I I don't see it. At this point, I don't either. I think so many things between the Loki finale and this news today about Loveness being, which I know people will say, oh, it was just on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joanna Robinson is one of the few people that I will like trust with this mm-hmm. kind of stuff yeah. at this point. Like, she's one that if she says something, she's not just saying it to throw it out there. Like, so there is some credence to this. Uh, I do think that Kang Dynasty is done at this point. I think we are getting Avengers time runs out instead, which is, you know, to to do the whole Avengers time runs out storyline that leads up to Secret Wars and the comics. But yes, uh, not not to bring us off on the Kang tangent, but yes, I do. I think I think the Loki finale and this news that we hear today is not a coincidence with the timing. I think he's out. We'll see. We'll see. I I, I think I they think could the reaction of the Loki finale and the reaction of the possibility of changing direction has been pretty damn positive. So and for some reason, recasting is just a problem for Marvel, even though they've done it before. Makes no sense. I well, just I, the wind is blowing that way. I don't think it's that they have problem recasting, honestly. I think they're Apparently, the rumor was they were looking at maybe moving on after Quantumania before the news came out, meaning that they're like, this isn't resonating. This Kang stuff is not resonating. And let's remember, there wasn't actually a big plan, uh, and there wasn't a big plan in the first three phases either. And this is what people, uh, if you read like uh, that Joanna Robinson book that you mentioned, uh, you know, she's on a podcast talking about it, but like her book clearly states like what that there was no plan kind of originally uh, Joss Whedon just was able to throw in uh, Thanos as a little tease mm-hmm. at the end. They had no, they were not locked into that. They started locking into that later, but the, the, the thing that I'm thinking here with, um, uh, with Kang and stuff is originally he wasn't going to be a main villain of something until, I believe Loki season one, episode six, when they hired Jonathan majors, they were like, Oh, he's so good. Let's, why don't we kind of build this thing around him now? So they can, they have an out. The Loki finale gave them an out if they want to. I know some people think it cements it because they're talking about Kang variants, but you know, they can just say the TVA is taking care of them. You know, they mentioned the one from quantum mania, there That's you go. what I was going to say. It seemed like such a throwaway, like, eh, you know, they had a problem in 616 adjacent, but they dealt with it. You know, right. like, it is very, it, it very much has the vibe of like, yeah, this problem is done if we want it to be done. Well, none of the Kings were all that intimidating, to be honest with you. No. That was the problem. And it, they, I think they were trying to humanize Kang like they did Thanos a little bit. But there's so many variations of them. You had to be freaked out that there were so many of them, and they were all wicked. And I don't think they really got the vibe they were going for. I think they said the no. words, and they didn't give us the action. 
I would disagree. I think he's very intimidating in Quantumania. I do. I think, really? yeah, he's the I best don't. part of that movie. He's the well, best yeah, part of that the movie. Best part of the movie, but that's not really saying much. I, I mean, mean, he's he's he chilling lost. when he's talking to to Scott. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like from the like the first time we saw him on our screens, he got killed by Sylvie, and it was like, oh, okay, but this was all part of his plan. Then we see him in Quantumania, he gets killed. Mm-hmm. Then we see him in Loki season two and Victor Timely gets exploded in his spaghetti. It's like by the time, and, and this is not to take away from the Loki finale. Cause I loved it. I Loki is still uh, still, it just came out, but Loki is my fourth favorite MCU project period besides uh, infinity war Endgame and uh, no way home. Mm-hmm. So this is not to like hate on Loki by any means, but it just, I don't know. I agree with Chris. There was not any iteration of Kang with the exception of he who remains that I was like, Ooh, like on the same level of Thanos with, and maybe if they hadn't had marketed, marketed him English, that's easy for me, marketed him that way from the rip. Like maybe things would be a little different. But Kevin Feige was going out there from the second he, he was in the Loki season one finale saying, this is our new Kang. He's our new big bad, yada, yada, yada. And I just, I never got that presence from him. Like, I got more of that from one post credit scene of Thanos than I did from Kang yep. at all so far. Yeah, I would disagree. I mean, Thanos only appears twice before we even really deal with him. Right. But he just feels like and again, I don't know, it's 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 an open to interpretation thing, so maybe I'm wrong, but it just like every time Thanos was in a scene, it felt like a big deal. The zeitgeist they... freaked out for Thanos. Yeah, the zeitgeist like, did they, though? they they didn't until Infinity War. All he had done is smiled and then said, I'll do it myself. And then uh, one scene in Guardians. Like nobody knew who he was. Uh, until Infinity War made him who he was. That's I, just, I, I think sometimes I, we have a little bit of a revisionist with how fans were with Thanos. They still didn't really know who he was. I'll give you that. I will definitely give you that. Um, but at the same time, it just, I don't know. Like when I first saw Thanos in the, the, end, the post-credit of the first Avengers movie, even as someone who was like, Growing up, I was very much a strictly Spider-Man guy when it came to reading Marvel. Like, Thanos, I knew Thanos and, like, all that stuff. But it just, it felt like a big deal. When it came to Kang, I just, maybe it was the fact that they put him in Quantumania. Because I didn't feel this way until Quantumania. But That's once probably the we, thing, yeah. Once yeah. we saw Ant-Man take him down, it was just like, so like I, it just it lost all the it would have been like it would have been like if in the end of the first guard because Thanos was in the first Guardians movie as right. we remember it would have been like if they went there and just kicked the shit out of him and he and he like escapes through a portal and he's like now what do I do like it just it, it wouldn't have felt the same so I want to relate it I want to relate it a little bit to something that's not quite the same. Joaquin Phoenix's Joker bothers me because I can't imagine that guy becoming the guy who gives Batman help. I just can't see. He he's not. He, I can't see him becoming the Joker in my mind. And that disconnect is a problem. With Kang, I just can't see him becoming 
that big of a problem. And that disconnect is everything for me. He's more like a fly that you just have to keep swatting away in a bunch of He's different universes. He's annoying. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the thing is, though, that when you get to that, though, right, that's like you're getting to the core of the character is completely different, right? So, like, I I can understand if somebody is like, like the audience, the main audience, the general audience, is not going to probably feel about him the same way as Thanos, but I also don't think we should be comparing them too much either because th they have totally different goals, totally different power sets, right? Like, like you said, Kang is usually, well, even in the comics, he's more of like at a different stage of life. He's not really a multiverse villain, you know, in the comics. He's he not, is not a in super wars at all. <laughs> he is a time. He is a time uh, character where you meet him at, as Rama Tut, he is not yet, Kang the Conqueror and vice versa and stuff like that. So he's caused so many issues. And part of that too is because of retcons, right? Like a originally Rama Tut was its own villain that they somehow retconned to be. There's being... a lot of Marvel comic retconning yeah. that went into Kang the Conqueror. And his creation. Um, not to stay on this for too long, but I, I'm just thinking that like, for me, I want them to see out the original vision. I, general audience be damned right that's my thought because i want to see what they what they have right now they have the upside that apparently none of these scripts are complete so they can do whatever they want they can pivot um i am a kang fanboy so i do want to see kang dynasty i don't want them to go a different way with it but um because uh, then I'll kind of start thinking about it like I think of George Lucas's sequels where I'm like uh we'll never know well what what was there and, I hate uh, I fucking hate him dude I'm wearing What's the that? same thing wait no way yes <laughs> that is amazing I just pulled <laughs> I just pulled it literally right out of my my bedside freaking uh my dresser that is so funny. Oh, yeah, I, love I it. bought it. I bought it when I was going to see Quantumania. I had to wear it. Me too. Me too. <laughs> that is great, dude. Quincy's. If I, needed, if I needed any more. Yeah, if I needed any more confirmation that you and I are a symbiote brain. Quincy's. <laughs> Guys are twinsies. Uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, yeah, I got and I got the same shirt that Chris has too. But um, hey, Chris, right. show it off. What do you got going there? Run, Barry, run. Hey, <laughs> we love it. Uh, let's okay. We, we let's talk the uh, the the mid credit scene. This is the this is the big one, right? I just I had got I had so spoiled because I just saw Ron in my head. I just saw Ron <laughs> just sitting in the theater going, "Give it, give it to me, my precious, I, my precious." I had gotten spoiled by this. You did. Um. <laughs> What was it like probably two weeks before the movie release that this rumor started going around, Ron? Yeah, yeah, about. And I was really bummed because originally all it was was, oh, there's a big cameo in the post credit scene. Yeah. And it was like, all right, I'm avoiding this. I am staying away. I am going to go into this jazzed up. Within like five minutes, it was on the timeline. But weirdly enough, it didn't like bum me out. If anything, it just made me more excited. Yeah, you know, it it had me puzzled, okay? I'll say that much. So, it had me puzzled. This this rumor comes around. And I and it's like 
there's this tease at the end of the post credits and I'm like, all right, special character. Then people start floating around Kelsey Grammer's beast. And I'm like, how would this make any sense in the Marvels? That's what I, my first thought was, how would this make any sense in the Marvels? And then that's all I had heard. Right. And then you start hearing the rumor that Monica is going to be stuck in that universe. And I'm like, how is there going to be anything multiverse in this? This doesn't look anything multiverse in this movie. I'll say it worked in the movie. Very much so. <laughs> and I was Very wondering much. how they would make this work, but they made it work. Um, the Kelsey Grammer Beast was a huge, a uh, huge smile on my face, even though I knew it was coming, because Beast is one of my favorite X-Men. And Kelsey Grammer... Uh, undeniable voice, right? You know it's Kelsey Grammer. And he was one of the best parts of The Last Stand. And I am a Frasier and Cheers nut uh, nutcase. So seeing him uh, playing uh, Beast again as I'm watching the new reboot of Frasier was a highlight of my uh, Thursday. I watched the new episode of Frasier on Thursday then I went and saw the movie. Then I watched Loki. It was a great day. How about how about them tossed salad and scrambled eggs, dude? Exactly. Whether you're whether you're going to your favorite bar down the street or a different universe in the multiverse, <laughs> sometimes you just want to go where everybody knows your name. Right, and unfortunately for Monica, nobody knows her name in this one. <laughs> yeah, even not even mom. her own mom. <laughs> By the way, so before we get too deep, I want to throw out something that I saw on Twitter. Um, we I think we all know Blue Ray Angel on this show. Oh yeah, sadly, and, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I know, I know, I Kevin know. Gracie to get um, married. I know the peace, the the peacemaker. What a joke. We all know, but he. Well, threw it- we got to start thinking of like the thunder. These are going to be the Thunderbolts, right? Or the Suicide Squad. the The villain team up here is uh, Soups. Blu-ray Angel and Grace, right? Those are the three that you're like, oh my God. <laughs> the new Holy Trinity. Well, um, well, well. Well, well. Um, but Blu-ray Angel threw a theory out there, like probably like an hour before we came on this pod. And originally I read it and I was like, huh. but it actually like kind of isn't the craziest thing I ever heard. So he he threw out there. <laughs> Hold on, let me just let me not butcher it. Let me let me read it to you word for word. Hold on. He goes crazy to realize that Carol Danvers is an anomaly as Captain Marvel, like Miles Morales is as Spider Man in Across the Spider Verse. When I first read that, I was like, "All right, here we go." Yes, we know Peacemaker. What a joke. But the more I started to think about it, like we've seen three Captain Marvels in the MCU so far. Carol in our universe. We've seen 838 Captain Marvel, which was Maria, who got wasted by Wanda. And we have seen this Captain Marvel. Or I, I guess we don't we don't even know if she's Captain Marvel. She could be They call I, her 
They call her binary, actually. They call um, her binary, right? Yeah. So they actually say binary. All right. So I guess that apparently, kind of... apparently, uh, you can hear. I I didn't notice this, but somebody said you can hear Beast say binary uh, in the background too. Okay, I'm I yeah, I definitely was like blacked out, not drunk, blacked out, like with excitement during that moment. So I definitely missed that. But what I was gonna just say was just like, and uh, binary is still like technically Captain Marvel. Like there's. There's like some connection there, but in my head, I'm like, we've seen two Captain Marvels that were Maria, one that's Carol. Maybe they do like make her sort of a uh, an MCU nexus being because it wouldn't really follow the standard definition of what we know them to be in the comics. But we also know that the MCU has been very lax with with what they term to be nexus beings. So it would be interesting to me and it would kind of like make a little bit of sense if Carol was indeed a nexus being in this multiverse yeah um in my opinion i i think it's a reach and the reason i think it's a reach is just because if we're comparing her to miles in this sense right and what they mean by that is miles is the only miles in spider-verse right and so Mm -hmm. far we've only met carol once as captain marvel my only thing with that is that they're not really connected. Like the Spider-Verse movies don't really talk too much to the people working on the MCU, right? Like it, I don't it, know, dude. The 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 when they show the multiverse in that movie, it branches up as a tree. It it like it has the, it has the Loki season 1 visual in terms of what we see the multiverse mm-hmm. as, but it it is upwards. It is exactly in a tree the same way that we saw season two of Loki end with Loki sort of being that, you know, so I, I mean, Loki just brought it all together and that's what happened. He, he well, grabbed and them all and brought them all together. And, and just like the, the imagery and I'm, I can't even think of what, but like, there's like as guardian, like preface for this in terms of like, that's what Lo- they call it. Like the, the something tree. I, Again, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and. Yergasil, yeah, that's like the Yergasil tree or whatever. The, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's like some precedent there. Maybe like the Spider Verse is kind of this thing, just sort of lurking below the general arcing multiverse. For all we know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it feels like they've got to find a way to introduce Miles live action somehow before Secret Wars. Uh, I would just introduce Miles like the like the video game or something. I I don't think we need to get too wild with. I I see some people that want us to bring in like the Spider Verse Miles, and I just don't want that. Like, no, no, I, I, I so do. No, I, <laughs> I I I just want them to stay separate, and I don't. And my main reason for that is I don't want them to like. It'd be hard to bring him in a live action anyway. Cause you need to get the voice, but the guy who plays them is not young passing for miles. So I don't really want that. I, I want just introduce miles as like a, a kid that get that kid on TikTok Who's doing it. <laughs> who's doing the NPC. Miles oh yeah. Thing. Yeah. I you guys the other... got a good point with the ages of the, the age of the actor. I, I, I want spider verse miles in the MCU, but I mean, I guess you don't have to do it exactly like that. Well, he's just so important to Secret Wars. Like, I like, okay, they weren't going to do Doom in Secret Wars. Fine. 
they're not going to do miles in secret wars fine it's like is secret wars going to be even recognizable to what it was in the comic well like, it doesn't have to be 2015 secret War? wars right yeah, Civil War doesn't yeah. match. It could be the 80 secret uh, 80 yeah. secret wars mixed like, with the 2015 one like Cuz this is like Fantastic Four like a huge part of Civil War. Not so no. well, not really not, Civil War, no. No, not at all Civil War. Okay. And Secret I, I, Wars 2015, they're the most important. Uh that's what I'm thinking of. I'm and sorry. they're not going to get ramped up in enough time for it, honestly, I don't think. To you play, don't think? To play as big of a role as they do in the comic? No. I maybe don't. not. Yeah, maybe not. That'd be like introducing Iron Man like right before Civil War and then being like, yeah. all right, bud, here you go. Like, yeah. it's a little tough. No, nah, you're right. You're right. Um, I just don't, I don't know who takes that strange. Like, I don't know who takes that role then. Some of them are just going to be, some of these are just going to be in title only, right? Like, uh, c- kind of like Civil War or Age of Ultron, ba- really. Age like, of Ultron title is the basic premise. Yeah. 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 Um, They'll, they'll do whatever to make it recognizable a bit of like multiverse universes stuff like that but i don't think they'll worry too much about uh the other stuff but let's with, with this beast thing right beast and maria <laughs> yeah beast and maria rambo here um do you think this is the last stand x-men fox universe because he doesn't look like you know it's not makeup. They see Gene Beast. And he totally. looks more he like great. he looks oh, better than the last stand beast. Yes. So do we think it's that same universe? Or is this just another universe? Kind of like how Charles was also in 838 for Multiverse of Madness. Uh I do think it is the last stand universe because I think this will be Deadpool's and Wolverine's way of getting into the main MCU via um, Monica. So yes, I do think so. Uh, I think that that is probably where they are going to end up at the end of Deadpool three and probably where they take a good amount of their heroes from in that movie to face whatever multiversal threat they're going to be facing, because I can't imagine this being, like, I can't imagine Deadpool 3, especially now that they know that this movie is the only thing on the docket for next year. I can't imagine this being, like, a small, self-contained Deadpool story where at the end it's like Monica rips through time and she's like, hey, we need your help. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's going to be multiversal chaos throughout everything that we thought Multiverse of Madness was going to be in terms of all the, like, rumored cameos and stuff. Um and I ultimately do think it ends in that universe and Monica, Deadpool, and Wolverine, and maybe some of their multiversal mutant friends making their way into the main MCU. So one thing I want to do on another episode at some point is I got this idea from, let's say, No Way Home. But I think it really is growing even more now with this. I want to do a viewing order for the MCU where we add in these Sony's and Fox films and where we would insert them now, now that they're starting to appear. Um, Yeah. You know, do you insert it at the end of Loki? Do you watch these before the MCU? Where would you watch these? Like, I think that's a very interesting episode idea on maybe we all come up with our own viewing order. 
and come back and say this that is, is a, interesting as this hell, is the way to I, do it i would probably go original x-men uh every i would go all of that pre-mcu and i would probably go like days of future past after like first avengers and then like like there's there's yeah that's interesting or do you go do you go first class group way early and then right. do the the or and then do the 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 early 2000s ones kind of later on yeah that's that's a really cool idea i'm interested yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to come up with our viewing order, so stick around for that sometime and we'll we'll come back and uh we still gotta do our and we've talked about this off camera, we still gotta do our mutant draft. Yes, yeah. Our lineups for the uh MCU X Men. Yeah. yeah, Chris, um, you're invited to that too. We're oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. So we got some good ideas uh coming uh down the down the pipe here. Uh but yeah, so this this is pretty interesting because Monica is now stuck in a whole other universe. And again, kind of the downsides with post-credit scenes right now. We have no clue when this is resolved. Um, like you said, maybe. could be Deadpool 3, right? That we see Monica show up. It but could I love be... that she wasn't dead. I was just like, cool, she's not dead. I like that. No, she wasn't dying. No, she's going to yeah. be a big part going forward. Yeah, she hasn't even her had her name yet. It was fantastic. She hasn't even had her photon name. Yeah, she hasn't even become. Yeah, they like teased it a zillion Professor times. Marvel. In the movie, which I yeah, I was gonna say I loved all the names that Iman was coming up for for Professor Marvel. <laughs> By the way, can we just real? Because I know this is technically the Marvel show. Uh, there was a lot of moments in this movie with the comedy that, like, I thought would probably be cheesy that ended up being really hilarious. Like the even the. Even the oh captain my captain thing, like when you see it, you're like, Ugh. and then they immediately pan to Monica, who's like, and it's like, yes, like that is exactly what all the audience feels right now. Or like the part when um, Monica and um, uh, Miss Marvel are, are falling, <laughs> right when they get to the yard, they shift, and Carol just goes smashing into the ground, and Nick Fury's like, "Oh, it's cool. It's just Carol." <laughs> yeah, that was so great. <laughs> oh my god, I was, dude, I was absolutely cracking up. Like the the comedy in this movie really nailed it. Like my favorite part, my favorite comedy part is the "Please stop running and let the flurkin eat you." <laughs> while the music from cats memories from cats yes. is playing yes, yes. <laughs> it's so good uh, so funny dude and like initially so in my head naturally the the cynic is like why would they not just all say that this is like what has to happen and i was like you know what we're in a comic book movie this is hilarious it's way more quick and way more efficient to just slurp all these people up in these yes I mean, it's it brilliant. was hilarious dude they didn't have time. No time. I thought that Monica was the perfect foil for Miss Marvel. And, like, they balance, the three balance themselves each other out. Like, yeah, because Monica doesn't want anything to do with Carol right now because she's right. upset. And then you have uh, Miss Marvel who wants everything to do with her. Everything to do with her. Yeah. And, and, and then Captain Marvel's kind of stuck in the middle of those two extremes. And so you've got the balance, you got the middle, you've got the balance. It was really good. I thought that I just thought Monica was the perfect foil for uh I'm on. It was it was beautiful storytelling. It was just like 
every time I, I agree with you, every time she said something cheesy, Monica was there to be like, oh, come on. Well, and it wasn't even really a foil. It was just more of like, like a perfect contrasting protagonist. Yeah. Like, like, like. It was lemon zest and a blueberry like, pie. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's a really good way to put it. Because <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> like two characters whose like focal point of the entire movie was this character, Carol, and just two totally different approaches of going about it. One was glued to them, and the other was just constantly trying to push away. And like the way that Iman, uh, Miss Marvel, kind of like pulls her in yeah no it's it's <laughs> you said the lemon zest and a blueberry pie by and the way so that is the key to a blueberry really, pie because if you don't put it really the lemon, is if you don't put the lemon in the blueberry it's just straight blueberry sugar that's horrible <laughs> but if you put that lemon in it's the best pie for thanksgiving just oh, letting you know boy. i know jordan's an apple pie guy i've heard his yes. conversation with casey um yeah, apple pie and, and I used to make oh, wait, wait, wait. apple, apple pie. Is the only pie. It's the only said? pie. Yeah. Oh no. So mm. I'm right. throwing the I'm throwing the flag on that so, one. So Loki, crazy. Loki, I thought it was weird because lime pie is like the worst pie. What? But, no, I'm not a lime pie guy. I'm not a lime pie. Key guy. lime pie is amazing. No. As long as you get key lime. lemon meringue, I can go with. But um, I go. Blueberry, chocolate, apple, chocolate peach, cream pie, um, egg custard pie is pumpkin underrated. Pie? Like, pumpkin what are pie, we doing I here? can't stand. No, no pumpkin, no pumpkin. All right, well, I hope you guys have all enjoyed me, Chris, <laughs> and Jordan together on our podcast. This is the last one. This is the last time it's, it's ever happening. It's no X Men draft. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a pumpkin guy. I'm not a pumpkin guy. Oh my god! I've never been in the minority on saying that I love pumpkin pie, this and is that crazy. is one of the most annoying to. things about pumpkin. He's like I used. Oh my gosh! This is crazy. I'm I'm on a podcast with psychopaths. Okay. <laughs> well, enjoy your pumpkin spice latte. I will. This is not a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> but I will enjoy my pumpkin spice latte. I am a big apple cider donut guy. I like that kind of stuff. Apple cider in the fall is the mm. is the go to flavor for me. And don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here hating on apple pie a la mode. Like I will just oh apple pie and ice cream, some delicious warm apple pie with a scoop of vanilla on top. Uh, I hope you all are enjoying our The Marvels recap here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I make let me just pies. say, let me just say, I'm on a diet. We got to move on from the apple pie talk because I am craving apple pie now. So that is, uh, you are killing my diet right now. I I um, am <laughs> quite literally the best pie maker. I'm good. Crumb <laughs> topping, baby. Every pie. All right. Speaking um, of topping, how do we, uh, yeah. How, yeah, how, how do, do we, we top, top this? Um, okay. <laughs> what Anything was your favorite part? About any yeah let's go favorite parts then uh I, my favorite part was the the flurkin uh eating them and then with the memory song ron your favorite part of this one hour and 45 minutes uh the 
the the stock answer would say the the mid credit and the ending, but I really want to show some love to that first combat scene where it was taking place in uh, Miss Marvel's house in New York and the sword complex in space <laughs> and um, uh, why am I forgetting the third location? Regardless, it was insanity. Yes, it was really fun. The back and forth with like Miss Marvel's family like getting involved and everything. It was very creative the way they interwove those characters back and forth. Definitely my favorite part of the movie. Hey, Chris, okay. your favorite part? My favorite part was probably them figuring out how to switch places, doing the jump rope, doing the stuff there. Although I do absolutely love the singing planet everybody come on i love it i just dude i i would have so much fun there i would be like i'm that guy who's like just makes everything a song and like i would have so much fun on that planet i will say miss mar uh miss marvel uh captain marvel in that in that dress i was pretty much just sitting there like Oh my God! This the most beautiful person I've ever seen. I think so. I kind of that. didn't pay <laughs> yeah. much attention to that, to the singing planet. But now, in, in all seriousness, <laughs> yeah, I uh, like. I think we were all transfixed. That was, uh, and I say that respectfully. Of course, oh, of course. <laughs> respectfully, um, Staring. Yeah, respect. <laughs> no, she was. Res she is beautiful. Um, it seemed like that was the part of the movie where they cut the most from especially considering the reports that we heard and all that stuff. I enjoyed the fact that we got 10 minutes of it and it was like, okay, this is like a fun little thing. Like I could have done 20 it, minutes of that. You couldn't, you couldn't have done 40. I'll tell you that much. And that was like what we were thinking it was going to be initially. So uh, I liked, I liked the inclusion in the short dose that we got it. And uh, just to kind of wrap a bow on all this, I, I loved it as we all loved it. Uh, a very solid uh, iteration into the MCU. Yeah, that's really, that's what it's all about, right? I, I just like yeah. going to the movies, having fun. Uh, There's and... so much crap in the world right now. Like, just go to the movies, shut your brain off, yeah. get a popcorn, get an icy, and have some fun, man. All it's right. like a real-life comic book. It was a real-life comic book for me. Uh, it felt the most comic booky out of the ones recently, really. You know, one of the cool things about comic book stuff is you don't have to think about Israel and Hamas. You don't have to think about the stuff going on in Capitol Hill. You don't have to think about inflation. You don't have to think about prices of things at the grocery store. You can just turn off your brain and go down for the ride and just enjoy it. And you know what? The more we have of that, the healthier we are. I'm convinced the more we unplug. Now, I don't want to unplug to the point where you're living under a rock and you have no clue what's going on. Or not listening yeah, or yeah. not listening to this podcast. We don't want you to unplug that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, no. the more yeah. you focus in on what's fun and gives you positivity and excitement, the better your life is going to be. And that's what these movies allow me to do. That's why I appreciate these movies. And if more people, and not to get all... all uh, stepping up on the soapboxy, but if more people took the message from these movies that we're supposed to get, 
maybe the world would be a little bit of a absolutely, place. absolutely. And, and I feel like that's probably a good note to end off on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, plug some stuff, right? So, <laughs> uh, earlier, earlier, what this month, a couple weeks ago, Ron joined me to talk Spider-Man Two, uh, the video game. We did a whole episode on that. I feel um, like we could do a whole nother one now that during my second playthrough. Yeah, we we could do like a things we missed type of thing. Um, Chris and I have been uh, over on DC Elseworlds. We're going to be recording something later this week. Uh, talking about the final season of Superman and Lois, which is confirmed for season four. So we'll be talking about that. Um, uh, I just wrapped up uh, something that's coming very, very soon over on the Across pod- the Galaxy. Yeah. On the podcast. Is that Tom Kane? Um, yes, it is. <laughs> Jordan will be covering the Clone Wars in chunks. Oh my god! I might need you to record something for me. Uh, but anyway, Thank you very much, uh, <laughs> yes, I just wrapped up the first episode. We're saving it for the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, so you can sit down with your apple pie only and watch <laughs> and listen to us talk about uh, the first. I'm sending two you episodes, a blueberry pie. <laughs> the first two episodes chronologically of the Clone Wars, uh, as we will start chronological rewatch of the Clone Wars. My Rewatch my co-host Logan's uh, first watch. Uh, he brought the idea to me, and I said, "That sounds great. Let's let's get you watching the Clone Wars." And um, uh, so we're going chronologically. The trailer for that just dropped on the Pod Awakens feed, so you can. It's like three minutes of me explaining what it is and what episodes we're starting with, and it has a link. I'm not sure if I put up a tweet of it actually, but Mr. Um, podcast has trailers for his podcast. Yes. Uh, so I put that out there so people can know where to start, what episodes to start with. Cause chronologically you start with season two, episode 16. It makes no sense, but what? that's where we're starting. Um, so yeah, so the that board, was something that, what was that? I said the board, we are all over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, just wait until you hear some of these other ones. But I also put the link from StarWars.com um, that has the full list in that trailer as well for people to to check out. Um, and me and Chris's yeah. companion podcast to that podcast will be out the following day. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the companion to it? Well, we were thinking about doing something very similar to that at one point. Us break us breaking down all of your takes and saying everything you were wrong about. <laughs> No. So Wait, and then he went we, on an apple pie tangent. And we disagree. With we that. should have a podcast about his podcast schedule. So <laughs> this week on Jordan has too many podcasts. That's every week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we appreciate it because this is like our this is like our little <laughs> like cake of life. Like this, we talk about how why we need these so much, and it's like. Like if I didn't do the show, maybe I wait for the Marvels on streaming, and then maybe I have a little less happiness in my life. So like, it's really cool to do this stuff. It gives me a reason to fit it into my life, and that's cool. It's always better with friends, man. Absolutely. And uh, Ron, if you want to tell us where everyone can follow you. Oh. Yes, uh, as you guys can all see there on video, if you're listening, it's at 
Jedi Genasi, J-E-D-I-G-E-N-A-S-I on Twitter and TikTok. Give me a follow. I follow back. Uh, if you want to tell me I'm wrong about my takes, if you want to tell me my TikToks are bad, if you want to tell me they're good, whatever you want to do, uh, shoot me a follow. Chris, anything you want to shout out there? Yeah, I, uh, I am at FootballMan58 and at Multiversal Omni. Um, you can find me either place. I, name. I, I, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> takes one to, you know. Anyway, so uh, we have uh, a lot of good stuff going on. And I have been more active on my Chris Talks Comics Multiversal uh, at Multiversal Omni. I've been a lot more active on there. Uh, I remember I have it, and that's half the battle. And, um, you know, I do a weekly column at Russell Street Report, four downs for every game. This week I did it, like, because we play on Thursday night, the Ravens. So I did Sunday and Thursdays in one article. It was my save time idea. Um, Yeah, stuff like that. I'm actually... On TikTok at the Football Man Fifty Eight, be some asshole as Football Man Fifty Eight. Um, like, are you kidding me? That's me. That's me. But um, so videos, my weekly hype, hype uh, videos for the Ravens and random videos of my dog. So, um, yeah, you, know, you can find me. Well, there you go. Uh, all of my all of the links for the show are in the show notes on your podcast uh, podcaster feed. There. Um, thank you all for watching and listening. We will catch you all next time.